Good morning. Thank you guys for having me. When I'm um, asked to come, I never know like what the flow of the service or the songs that are chosen. And as I look over the program, I'm just so honored the way that God works. I just love the way that he works because this atmosphere is set for him as an atmosphere of worship. And I love worship. I love praise, you know, clap your hands and get your two-step on and say good things about God, how great he is. But when you worship, that's more intimate. It's like, God, you're so awesome. You're so amazing. And I love you so much. All the wonderful things that you do. Worship is a lifestyle when we get to really show God through our life, through our, our offering and our tithes, through our ministry and through our song and our dance, we get to show him how much we love him and what a great big part of our lives that he is. So worship with me as I sing Revelation song.
want to lift your hands in worship. We love you, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you for this time that we have in your presence. Amen. Sherry, thank you. Lord, thank you. I love it how God gifts people. And so when we thank Sherry, we obviously have to thank God for making folks like Sherry who can do that. And sitting and standing in the back watching and listening and experiencing that, yes, he's a holy God, and you're welcome into his house. Does that strike anybody but me? You're welcome into his house. Today we're going to continue in our study of Acts 2.42. Here it is. It's in your bulletin. You've heard it enough. You probably know it by now. But about the early church that exploded, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching last week, fellowship today, breaking the bread next week, and then prayer. Today we talk about fellowship. Before we continue, let's pray together. Lord, first and foremost, let our fellowship be with you. That communion, that love, that marriage, if you will, that we are partnered, united in Christ, together with you. And then we pray that you would bless our fellowship in this room with brothers and sisters in Christ that you have created for us to grow with and to serve with and to love with, to cry and to laugh with. Lord, bless our fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever stayed home because of the weather? It was a particularly snowy day. Not here, of course. And a man had to go to work. He had to go to work. Gets in his car, it's a Sunday morning, and he's driving to work. Visibility's bad, the roads are bad. And he thinks he sees a pedestrian walking along, and he slows down, and he was a neighbor of his, and he stopped. The neighbor got in, said, Bob, where are you going today? And Bob said, I'm going to church. The man driving said, well, Bob... Didn't you watch the weather forecast? Didn't you look outside? Didn't you realize how bad it was? Why would you decide to go to church today? Bob said, I, I didn't decide to go to church today. I decided I made that decision 50 years ago when I became a Christian. When I gave my life to Christ, I promised I would study his word. I promised I'd do my best to follow his word. And every chance I got, I would be around his people. The church. No, I didn't decide to go to church today. I made that decision a long time ago. Isn't that a beautiful way to put it? I didn't decide to come to church today. I, I decided this a long time ago. And fellowship is that important part of church life. It's the relationship that we can have with one another as Christians. It's based on the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. 
when you and I became Christians, our relationships changed. Jesus became our Savior, God became our Father, and the church became our brothers and our sisters in Christ. It's kind of like when a person marries. You don't just get the spouse, you get the rest of them. And I could speak of that for the rest of the day, but I'm not going to. It's a package deal. And the early church spent a lot of time together. They got added to 3,000 that one day we talked about last week and the week before in Acts. And they spent a lot of time together learning and serving and loving and putting up with at times. We see what happened in chapter 4 of Acts beginning at verse 32. Now the whole group of those, now it's interesting it says that we talked about this in weeks past, 3,000 came in one swoop. And the Billy Graham organization will tell you when people make a commitment, if you can retain 40% of them, that's really good. Those that show up at the Crusades and make a decision, if you can retain 40%, that's what they aim for. It's interesting, the 3,000 came, were all baptized that day and all took part. They had 100% retention. Now that's pretty good. So the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And that's fascinating because they came from all sorts of varied backgrounds. No one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds, the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. There was a Levite. Here's one example of what happened. A native of Cyprus, Joseph, to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, that's fascinating. It's even impacting their pocketbooks now. That's a move of God going on in a big way. One of the things that I read about this is one of the reasons there was so much fasting in, in the early church is the people that had food shared, shared it so much they ran out for themselves. And so they thought, you know, if I need to fast a couple of days a week, I will so somebody else can eat. And that's what's going on in the fellowship. And don't you know that had to be attractive to people, that they saw that, how they took care of one another and how they loved one another. The early church had a wonderful fellowship. I wanted to read you from chapter 4, but I couldn't skip a little bit of chapter 5. You might remember how chapter 5 begins. It begins with Ananias and Sapphira. Do you remember that story? Let me read you this. So everything is going well. Everything's sharing. Everything's coming and going in common. Uh, Barnabas just sold a field and gave his land and they shared the money and the apostles were taking care of people. Chapter 5 begins this way. But there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira, they sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, they kept the rest. So you see what's going on. It's, it's a lie. They did the same thing Barnabas did, but they held some back, which was their right, but they lied about it and said, like Barnabas, we're going to give everything we have too. But it's a lie. 
In verse 3, Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit. You kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias he heard, heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. And everyone who heard about it was terrified. I'd imagine. Be careful what you say then after that. Young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, took him out, and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she said, that was the price. Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they'll carry you out too. And instantly she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Verse 11 has to be a great understatement. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. I'd imagine, <laughs> I'd have got a little duct tape and put it right over there if I could have because I'm scared to death of what's going on. I've looked at that story a lot of times before. A lot of times people will use that when it's time to talk about stewardship or tithing to just to scare you to death. But in the context of fellowship, it's really interesting that they were a danger to the fellowship. And because of that, they both died. And that fellowship is so important that God protected it at any and all cost. It is that important. The Greek word for fellowship is in Acts 2.42, is koinonia. You probably heard that. That was thrown around a lot in the 70s. Koinonia, I think is how they said it then. It means to share, to contribute, to participate, to partner. And we have to understand that Christianity is not an individual experience. It's not a private experience only. We weren't meant to live by ourselves in this world. Christianity is a time for us to grow together in fellowship. And I think one of the great ways to prove that point is going to the book of Genesis. After creation, God looked back at what he had made and he said this at the end of chapter 1. God saw everything he had made and indeed it was very good. There was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. And God looked back and everything was good. Now that's how chapter 1 ends. We don't get far into chapter 2 before something is bad. Everything's good now in chapter 1. Chapter 2, the first thing that God said is bad. Look at this, verse 18. After creating Adam, then the Lord said, It's not good that man should be alone. I'll make a helper as his part. That's fascinating to me. Everything was good, and then God looked around, and the thing that's bad is the lack of fellowship, not having fellowship. The world longs for fellowship. Movies are made about fellowship. Books are written about fellowship. The fellowship of the ring from Lord of the Rings. 
one that comes to mind. Star Trek, they flew all over the world together. But years ago, I should have looked up when it was, there's a TV show called Cheers, and it had this theme song, and I want you to hear it. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail. by its tail and your third fiance didn't show sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came you want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same you want to be where everybody knows your name read you the last thing they just sang. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see the troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. I agree. That's fellowship. But if you remember, you know what they're talking about, don't you? A bar in Boston. Is it possible that some bars do better than some churches? People want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. Every Sunday, I try to say hello to everybody that comes in and I feel bad if I don't because I would just hate that to happen to walk in and not say hello, and as I do that, some of you just snuck in late and I didn't get to grab you, so hello, and I'm glad you're here, and I want to know your name, but I'm not the only one. So many of you are so good at doing that, and I hope you understand what a difference that makes. When I went to college, went away to college, I went 300 miles to Starkville, Mississippi, and I went to the Baptist Student Union wonderful organization at Mississippi State and I heard how good it was I went the first time just to meet the director and the associate director they invited me to the welcome back party and so I went to the welcome back party and everybody was so glad to see everybody that they hadn't seen all summer they were hugging and laughing and nobody welcomed me back because I'd never been there before and so I thought well I don't know if I want to go So I missed a couple of weeks, didn't go back, thought I'd look for something else. And I go to the post office on campus and the assistant director who I'd walked in and met remembered me by name and said, David, haven't seen you, I want you to come back. And so I did. And instead of waiting for people to come and see me, I decided to go and meet everybody. And that's where I found my bride. It was a good plan. It was a very good plan. 
but it helped me understand the importance of fellowship and the importance of stepping out of your comfort zone, if you will, so that I can, hey, I'm David, what's your name? It's not that hard, but it's important. And a lot of you are very, very good at it, and thank you. We should all be that way. And one of the reasons we should be that way is because we're all God's family. And together we grow and we find encouragement. We find a place to belong. We find safety. We find joy. We find protection. We find a way to lighten our load that we're trying to carry all by ourselves. Look what Proverbs 27, 17 says, tells us about fellowship. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We make each other better by encouraging one another. That's important. So one of the best parts of church life to me is finding family. Jeannie and I have been parts of churches in Georgia and Mississippi and in Indiana. And people in those places have become brothers and sisters. They've become my family. Part of a great fellowship that's enriched our lives. Now, in those churches have been some attenders that kind of sneak in and sneak out. And you miss a lot of fellowship doing that. Fellowship is so important in this world. But there's a great enemy to our fellowship. Obviously, the enemy is Satan. But his tools, his weapons have changed over the years in my lifetime, and it's interesting. Some of you remember church on Sunday nights. You remember church on Sunday nights? Once upon a time, churches had church on Sunday nights. Once upon a time, it was a big deal. And one of the reasons, looking back at history, it was a big deal is because churches usually were the first place in a community that had electricity. And so people would go to church because there was electricity on Sunday nights, and they wanted to see that. Well... Then the houses started to get it, and church attendance started to decline. And then came a big deal because of electricity called television. And so television, and you remember this if you grew up in church, television hurt church on Sunday nights because you know what came on on Sunday night? Disney came on on Sunday nights, and you wanted to get home to see what was going on on Disney. And there was another big deal that I could remember on Sunday nights. I don't remember that one. I remember Bonanza. You had to get home for Hoss and Adam and Little Joe. I didn't know, Lisa. Okay. And so that happened, and... People can trace some things happening on Sunday nights because of that. Well, now, there are churches that do have church on Sunday nights. They've canceled tonight, of course, Super Bowl. But then you see it's creeping on towards the morning. And the sports world is kicking. And so I have to be home to watch NASCAR because... They go in a circle, and I want to see that. <laughs> and so that's a weapon. And now it gets worse than that to attack fellowship. That's the weapon of our time. 
the smartphone that's in my pocket can be a horrible fellowship-killing device. Don't believe me? After church, go to a restaurant, sit at a table, and just watch. You ever seen that? Four people at a table talking to everybody but the, but the people at the table. I heard somebody talk about that as a textually transmitted disease. And I think that's what's going on in our society. That people are doing that and they're missing their families because of that. It says the average person spends four hours a day on this device. Unless you're a teenager and then it's somewhere around nine. Nine out of 24. And all sorts of things have happened as a result of this. People aren't getting married till later in life. They're saying as a result of this kind of lack of communication. And one casualty has been fellowship. Facebook is not fellowship. Watching a movie on a small screen for one is not fellowship. And now there are those today trying to establish online church. Now, if you're sick or you're shut in, that's great. But if you're too lazy to come out, you're missing something vital. And that's fellowship. I found this online this week. A struggling Minnesota church is asking its older... Did you see this about the Minnesota church? It's asking its older uh, parishioners to leave in hopes of attracting young families. Grove United Methodist Church in the St. Paul suburb of Cottage Grove is closing in June with plans to relaunch in November. The present members, most of them over 60 years old, will, not, will be invited to worship elsewhere, the St. Paul Pioneer Press reported. The church is asking that they stay away for two years and then consult with the pastor about reapplying. Church officials said the congregation needs a reset and the best way is to appeal to younger people. Truth is stranger than fiction. I didn't make that one up. Today you are welcome. Today you are needed here. Today we want to know your name. Today God wants to know your name. Welcome to the fellowship. I was going to end today by introducing you to our newest members, Patrick and Samantha. They filled out a card to join last week. Young couple, they sit back here in the corner and they're not here today, and so what we're going to have to do is do that next week, and we'll vote and raise our hands for Patrick and Samantha. We're glad that they want to be part of our fellowship. I don't believe in coincidences. It's not a coincidence that you're here today. It's not a coincidence that you're part of this fellowship here and now. Thank you. But thank God that a holy God let you into his house and wants you part of his table. That is faith. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for the example of the early church that devoted themselves to teaching and to fellowship. And we ask that we would do the same. Help us to leave our comfort zones. Help us to be loving to anyone and everyone. I think of the song I learned as a child, red and yellow, black and white. They're precious in the sight. Let us be precious in one another's sight. Father, help us to not take one moment for granted. And we ask your blessing on each part of this fellowship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.